Hello, everybody. Uh, Pastor Stephen here. We um, had kind of a situation at church this morning where we got there and the team was warming up and um, about 9.30 or so, nine I don't know, somewhere around 9.30 or so, the power flickered and, and it uh, just the power went off and, you know, just we, we were, had to make that decision about what to do because, of course, with the power off, uh, nobody's... Nobody could have electricity or, I mean, you know, we didn't have electricity, so there wasn't no lights, no heat, uh, anything like that. So we, we just made the decision to go ahead and not, um, you know, not have service there this morning just for the obvious reason of that. So uh, I wanted to come on and share this message. I just really felt that, um, that just in my heart that I wanted to get this out today. And, and man, I'm, I'm excited about this. I tell you, it's, uh, you know, I love what God's doing. The, the, the 2021, the message the Lord gave us, um, you know, was the word the Lord gave us was that 2021 was going to be a but God year. And we've already seen, um, you know, we've already seen so many testimonies of, of people saying that, you know, the world was saying one thing and, um, you know, or people were saying one thing, but God showed up and, and something else happened. And, and that, that's, you know, that's the kind of year that, that I believe that we're going to experience in 2021. And if there ever has been, to be honest with you, it's time that we need, uh, you know, that we need to to have God show up in a big way. It would be in 2021, right? So, um, so, so we've been talking about these the first few weeks of the year here. We've been talking about, uh, but God, and we've looked at different aspects of that. We've we've looked at what that means. We've we've looked at the story of Joseph. Last week we started talking about went a little bit different direction because we started talking about just being aware of uh, the pre- being more aware. I'll put it that way: being more aware of the presence of God and um, just understanding that God is always with us and that He is always there, ready to ready to help, ready to to step in, ready to do uh, whatever whatever it is that we need Him to do. Right. So so last week we started talking about. Um, you know, and we still we still had because you know all throughout the Bible there's there's I don't know thirty sometimes I think that the phrase but God shows up and um, you know some of those were not specifically where God showed up and did something but but the ones we've been kind of looking at the ones the the situations or the scriptures in the Bible where where God showed up and it says but God and one of the big ones we saw in the story of Joseph um, where it says you know there in, in Genesis. Uh, there at the end of that story, Joseph told his brothers, he said, you know, he said, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for your good. And, and, you know, that what an incredible story Joseph's story was. That was a powerful, um, a powerful message there and story that we have in the Bible. Last week, we, we looked in Ephesians chapter one. And, you know, Ephesians chapter one, um, and, and the end of chapter one and the, the start of chapter two, um, talks a lot about the believer's authority, and we we saw how uh, Brother Hagen always said that Ephesians chapter one verse twenty and Ephesians chapter two verse six were the hinges that the believer's authority hung on. And what that is, Ephesians chapter one twenty says that that how God raised Jesus from the dead and sat him at, sat him at his at his right hand, uh, far above. You know, well, and I'll just read this. It says which. Uh, verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ. Verse 19 says that according to his working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him, talking about Jesus, from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. 
So that was the first thing we have to understand, that God raised Jesus from the dead. He ascended, went to heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, uh, basically symbolizing that his work was done. There was nothing else for Jesus to do, right? So then you come over to chapter 2 and verse 6, and, and really you read down through there, and we saw in verse number 4 that phrase, but God. And Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us. One of the greatest revelations and one of the greatest realities that you can ever have is the fact that God loves you, that God loves you right now. He loves you. He loves me. God loves me. And it says that, that, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And then listen to verse 6. And he raised us up together and made us sit in he- together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the first hinge of the believer's authority, right, is that God raised Jesus from the dead. The second hinge is that, that just like God raised Jesus, he raised us. You and I right now, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What I mean, man, that is, that is, that's truly a but God thing that he did. And that's not necessarily something he did like uh, yesterday, right? He did that. Uh, when Jesus, when he raised Jesus from the dead. So that was a but God moment that, that God did over 2,000 years ago for you and for me, knowing, looking forward, right, looking forward to, to the time that you and I are in right now. So, so we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Um, and, and you know, that, that is, man, that's so powerful. And we have to believe both of those things. We have to believe, we have to believe that God raised Jesus and we have to believe that God raised us, just like he raised Jesus. Because if you don't if you don't have an understanding of those two things, you'll never walk in the authority that God has for you. So so those two are the hinges of the believer's authority. Today I want to take I want to take another step and look at something else that God did for us some two thousand years ago. Or probably you know I mean when in the the whole plan of redemption, the whole uh, the whole thing that you know the 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 plan that God has for each one of us, and and that is this is that. He didn't, he didn't leave us unprepared. God, he, in God's wisdom, listen, he, he has given us everything that we need to live a successful life. Now, turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, I hope you do. Turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We looked at the first part of this uh, scripture and uh, last week, but I'll, I'll pick up, we're going to look at it again and, and just take off from there. And you know, uh, I'll go back to something that I'll go back to something that Jim said. And I heard uh, I was listening to uh, Andrew Womack uh, teach. Um, no, it was uh, I think it was Bill Johnson. I was listening to this week. He he made a statement real similar to this. That he said this. He said that that when we try to get or we try to work for something that God has given to us freely, we devalue the gift that God has already given us. When you try to work for something and you try to strive and you try to work for something that God has already given you, um, you devalue that. You know, and you basically you're saying that, that the gift wasn't enough, that you feel like you have to add your, um, you know, your two cents into it. Um, and, and that's not enough. So, uh, you know, and, and so you devalue the gift. We have to learn, we have to learn to be able to accept the gift that God has given us. And quit trying to work for it, right? Quit trying to, uh, quit trying to, uh, you know, do it in our own strength when God has already given it to us. So let's look here in First Corinthians chapter two, and 
we're going to see this very clearly, something, another great promise that God's given us, another great thing that God's, uh, word that God's given us on this. In the, uh, oh, and let me share, let me share this too for those of you that are watching too. Um, I encourage you to like and share this, uh, get it, get it out, let people know that, that, uh, that, you know, that you're enjoying the, the, the message, make some comments and, and let me know you're watching and everything. It's, it's always good to, to be able to go back and look at those and, uh, see, see who's watching and, and everything. So, so make sure you like and share this and, and get this out there. Um, first Corinthians chapter two, Paul said this, he's writing to the church at Corinth and he says, and we'll just start reading in verse one, first Corinthians chapter two, verse one. He says, I brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. We, we, we looked at this last week and we talked about how that Paul didn't come with the eloquent words and the, you know, with his, with, with his initials behind his name, trying to impress them, trying to impress them saying, Hey, listen to me because of who I am. Paul said, No, when I came to you, I didn't come with, with that type of wisdom. Now listen to what he said. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So, man, listen. Paul said he said I don't he said I don't want you I don't want you to um, you know I don't want Paul was telling the, the Corinthian church there he said I don't want you to to have faith in my wisdom. He said, man, I want you to see the power of God and I want you to be able to know that, that your, that the power that you have comes from God and not because I'm a, a great teacher or a great, you know, that I, that I, that I'm a good speaker or anything like that. He says, I want you to see the power of God and flow in that power. And that's, that's what I want you to have. And then, and then verse five, he says that. I mean, he goes on to say this in verse five. He says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man, I tell you, so many times we put our faith in men. We put our faith in um, in, in uh, a great minister or one of our favorite preachers or something like that. We put our faith in 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 them instead of the power of God. And then when when that person makes a mistake or they say something we don't like or something like that, you know, it seems like sometimes our faith gets rocked and and it should never be that way. Our faith should be in the power of God and in the in the the love of God and in what He's done for us, not in a person, right? So so we talked about that last week. So so but I want to pick up there and I want to read the rest of this chapter and I want to show you that that here's something here's something that God did for us that is that is so incredible that is so awesome that um that man i mean it's almost too hard too good to too good to believe right that's the, the true definition of the gospel that is the too good to be true news and uh verse 6 says this i'm reading from first corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 so paul paul said in this first five verses he said i don't i didn't come to you uh, with my wisdom, he said, I wanted your power to be, I wanted your faith to be in the power of God, not in my wisdom. But then in verse 6, he says this. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. So Paul said, you know, for those, for those that are, that are mature in the Lord, he said, there is a wisdom that we speak. And of course, the Amplified adds to that. The Amplified says this. Yet when we, when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. 
You realize, if you think about this, all throughout the Old Testament, when you, when you read the Old Testament, you see, you see Moses and you see Elijah and Elisha and, and, and even, and even uh, Abraham and, and uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all these guys, man, they, they, there was part of the plan of God that was hidden from them. There was parts that they didn't understand. And here he said, Paul said, you know, for those of you that are spiritually mature and those of you that can handle this, he said, when, I, when we get together and talk, he said, we, God starts revealing things that were hidden up to this present time. And I still believe today, I still believe there's things, there's things that, we are, that we are understanding and things that are being revealed in the Word of God that, that is for us today, right? And, I mean, it's an incredible thing. But the people of the Old Testament, the prophets and the, the, the kings and the priests and the prophets of the Old Testament, they, they didn't have an understanding of that. They, they couldn't understand how God was going to come and live in, on the inside of every person. You know, that was beyond their, their revelation. But we understand that today. Man, what a, what a privilege that is, right? For us, what a privilege for us to live in this day and time. And that, that God has chosen for you and I to live in. We, we, this is the greatest time in the world to be alive. And you and I have the greatest opportunity, um, to, to touch the world that anybody has ever had. So, so Paul said, he said, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. But it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and who are doomed to pass away. So Paul said, listen, he said, this is not about, um, you know, who's, who's, who's ruling, who's not ruling. Of course, I, I do believe really he was here talking about the, the spiritual rulers of that day. But, but you could also say that for the, for the natural rulers as well, and you wouldn't take nothing away of that. But verse 7, he goes on to say this from the New King James. He goes on to say this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So we speak the wisdom of God. The Amplified says, but rather we are setting forth, rather what we are setting forth is the wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification, to lift us into the glory of his presence. <laughs> Man, what a, what a scripture. So God revealed, God, God kept hidden certain parts of the wisdom of God, of his wisdom, until the time that would be set aside when the Holy Ghost would come live on the inside of people and, and live on the inside of every believer. And when they lived on the inside of every believer, the wisdom would be, would be revealed to them. And that wisdom brings us into the, he says here, it brings us into the very presence, into the very presence of God. Well, I mean, what an incredible, what an incredible thing, time that we're living in. That is incredible. Verse 8, he goes on to say this, and I, I want to get down to the, to the next couple of verses here. But verse 8 said this, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. And we totally understand that now. If, if Satan had really known what was about to happen when he crucified Jesus, he would have killed everybody that wanted to kill Jesus. He would have took them off the scene so Jesus could have lived a good old age and, and died an old man and nobody touched him. And you know what? You and I would still be in a, a world of hurt. 
right? But because Jesus, because Jesus was the sacrifice, and because He was sacrificed, and He was the Lamb that was sacrificed before the before the ages, before the world was ever formed, because He, because Jesus died on the cross, and He died as a sacrifice for you and me. And not only did He die, but He He was raised again, and He was seated at the right hand of the Father. Because of that, you and I. Man, that that is that's our salvation. That's that's where our salvation comes from, right? Just basically the fact that 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 uh, that Jesus fulfilled what God what God's plan was, and and then it says, but as it is written in verse nine, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Now I've heard that scripture. I've, I've heard people say that scripture, and, and they they pair it with the scripture that says that you know his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. And I hear people say all the time, you know, oh, you never can know what God's going to do. It's his, you know, his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts, and and you know, and, and you just never know what God's, you know, what God's plan is. The the problem I have with that statement is they forgot to read the next verse. <laughs> I mean, because look at verse number ten. I mean, if you stop right there, yeah, you say, eyes not seen or ear heard the things God's prepared for those that love Him. And, and you know, one day we'll, we'll, it'll be revealed to us. One day we'll see in glory and in heaven, you know, how wonderful all these things are. And, and you know, but down here on the earth, we're left all, you know, we're left just to struggle. And, and we never know what God's going to do or what God is thinking. No, that's not right. That, that, is, that, is, that is a false statement. Because listen to this. Listen to verse number 10. And here's our but God statement that we're going to look at today. Because now, now remember, verse 9 he talked about, you know, because verse 6, 7, and 8, he was talking about how that, that this is a mystery. This, the wisdom of God was a mystery to so many people. And God is, at this time that Paul was writing this, Paul said, at this time, God is starting to reveal this to us. He's starting to reveal this mystery. And, and the more we preach it, the more we talk about it, and the more it gets revealed, the more into his presence we become. And then and he says, but in the past, Isaiah, that, that was scriptures from Isaiah. Isaiah said, eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But look at verse number 10. I'm so glad that he, he, he put verse 10 in here. Because verse 10 says this, but God. Right? There's our statement. But God. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So you see, we can know the thoughts of God. We can know what God has in store for us. We, you and I, we, God has revealed, He has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. Who lives on the inside of you. Glory to God. What a, you know, yeah, I mean, at one time, men did not know what God, what God was thinking. In the Old Covenant, that's the reason the Old Covenant, they had to go to the priest. They had, you know, the king and the, the king, they had, he had to go to the prophet to hear what God would say. He would have to go to him and say, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? But why? Because it was a mystery. It was, it was revealed. It, it wasn't revealed. It was hidden. But now, now, since, since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, now that mystery has, has been, has been revealed. And where is it revealed? It's revealed on the inside of every one of us. How's it revealed? It's revealed by His Spirit. Glory. Hallelujah. Look, go on, let's go on and read this. Cause, I mean, these next couple of verses are awesome. Listen. He says, verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit who's living on the inside of you, he searches the deep things of God. 
the Amplified says it this way in that. He says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For Now listen, for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the, even sounding the, the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsel and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Did you hear that? Listen, listen to that verse again. That is an incredible verse. Listen. Verse 10. He says, Yet to us, God has unveiled and he has revealed them. Talking about his secrets, his, his plans, his thoughts. He has unveiled them and he has revealed them by and through his spirit. Now, now listen to what he says. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Did you hear? In other words, listen, the Holy Spirit reveals everything to us. He reveals the plans and the purposes of God. He reveals the, the thoughts of God. The, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery on what God's thinking. It's not a mystery on what God's will is. It's not a mystery any longer to know what God's plan is for me for my life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. That is awesome. Now, verse 12, he goes on to say this. Now, listen to this. He goes on and he says, or actually verse, verse 11, I'm sorry. Verse 11 goes on to say this. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? In other words, you know, even, even Stacy, my wife Stacy, you know, we've been married 27, it'd be 27 years this year. And, you know, um, when you're married to somebody so long and you know somebody so long, a lot of times you can even finish, you can finish their sentence for them. You know, you, you kind of, it's the, the old adage that says, you know, you, you know, you, you know what they're thinking. But you know, the truth be told, I can't look at Stacy and tell you a hundred percent what she's thinking. Now, now for the most part, you can, in a situation, you kind of know them and, and you have a good idea of what they're thinking. But the only person that can tell you, the only person that can tell you what Stacy's thinking, it's Stacy, and it's the same way with me. She can she can pretty much know, uh, you know what I how I'm going to react, how I'm go, what I'm going to say, but you know really the only I I am the only person that can reveal or that can know for sure what I'm thinking up here in my head, right? I mean, and that's that's true with everybody. Nobody knows another person's thoughts. But now listen to what he says here. He says, "For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so." No one knows the things of God except, here it is, except the Spirit of God. Now let me ask you this. Where is the Spirit of God? He's in me. He's in you. So if that's true, what's he saying then? Who, who can know the thoughts of God? Who is it that can, that can um, how did he say in verse 11 there? How is it, or who is it that can... Uh, search diligently and explore and examine everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsel and the and the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Who is that that can do that? It's the Spirit of God, and God has put His Spirit on the inside of every one of us. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. Glory. 
Verse 13, he goes on to say this. Or verse 12. He says, so, uh, yeah, verse, at the end of verse 11, we just read that. So, so even so, no one knows the things of God. Who is it that, that plums deep into the, into the thoughts of God? And who is it that, that, that understands and knows the thoughts of God? It is the Spirit of God. Where's the Spirit of God? We have received the Spirit of God at salvation. We receive the Spirit of God living on the inside. Come on. That is, inc- I mean, I'm telling you, that, I mean, that is an incredible thought. So he says, now we have, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that Amen. All right. I think I'm back. I think my Wi-Fi dropped there a little bit. But it says these things, or it says now we have received the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us by God. So everything that God has given us, guess what? You and I can know it. We can know what God wants. We can know his thoughts. We can know what his plans are. We can, why? Because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. What an incredible thing. Now let's finish this up. I'm, I'm almost through. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Is this good? I mean, are you enjoying this? I mean, are you getting anything out of this? I, I pray, I pray that, that, that it jumps off at you like it is me, like it did me, because this is just incredible. And then he says this in verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Remember John, and John, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, teaching about the Holy Spirit, what did he say? That he is our teacher, right? He's given us another comforter, a teacher, a helper, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, an intercessor. He's given, that's who the Holy Spirit is to us. So one of the biggest things the Holy Spirit does for us is that he teaches and here, in verse 13, he says, These things we speak, not in words which men, man's wisdom teaches. Now, thank God for, for good education. Thank God for, for you know, college degrees and, and learning and being able to learn Bible and being able... I mean, I thank God for, for the wisdom that we get from, from natural training. But how much more the wisdom we get from the Holy Spirit? Because here, he said this, These things we also speak... Not in, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Now, I, I don't know about you. I've had some good teachers. Listen, I went to Rama, sat under Brother Hagin for years. You know, Keith Moore, Doug Jones, Tony Cook, you know, Marty Blackwell, man. I mean, I, you know, Ed Elliott, man. I, I mean, I, I love his Alan Spiegel, you know, Jim Ridge. I mean, man, I, I could go on and on and talk about the, the, the teachers that I've sat under and, and listened to and, 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 you know, and some of the incredible, uh, teachings that we've had, that I've had. But listen, none of that compares. None of that compares to, to what the Holy Spirit can teach you. Amen. Comparing, he and he finishes that verse by saying this, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So he, you know, it's not just a natural thing, but the Holy Spirit takes spiritual things and, and then that's, that is where the power is. The power is not in the natural. The power is in the spiritual. Man, I wish I had, I, I wish, I wish I could look in your eyes and see that you're getting this because this is, I mean, man, this is so good. This is really good. Verse 14, he goes on to say this, but the mat, now listen, this is important, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Did you get that? The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God 
for they are foolishness to him. Have you ever had anybody tell you you're, you're crazy for, for listening to the Bible teachers and, and for reading your Bible and praying and going to church so much and, and things like that? Why is that? It's because they're carnal. It's because they're natural. They're, 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 the, they're just uh, the natural man. I mean, it's the old man. And, and, you know, they're not going to understand the spiritual things. They're not going to understand why, why you want to listen to, to the Holy Spirit who you can't even see and different things like that. They're going to say, you're crazy. Why do you think so many people are against like praying in tongues? And, 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 you know, the, and the gifts of the Spirit. It's because it's foolishness to them. Because they're thinking in their, in their mind up here. They're not, they're not allowing their spirit man to lead. It, they're, they're going from up here. Amen. That's, that's a sermon for another day. But, but it's so true. <laughs> uh, so he goes on to say this. He says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. He can't. He, you know, the Bible says that the natural man can't, he can't get this. Because you don't get it up here. You get it right here. You get it in the Spirit. Because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. Um. The Amplified says this in verse 14. He says, But the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly. They're meaningless nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them, because they are spiritually discerned and an estimate and esteem and appreciated. Amen. So they're spiritually, you know, the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. They're not, they're not from up here. They're from here. Right? Now he goes on to say this. Now, I mean, I, I could spend so much more time on that, but, but listen to these last few verses. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Now listen to verse 16, because here's the kicker. Here's, here's, the, here's where I've been wanting to get to, okay? Verse 16 says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That's, a, that's another quote from Isaiah. Isaiah said, you know, who knows the mind of God that, that you may instruct? I mean, you know, because Isaiah at the time, he, he didn't have that revelation, right? But now listen to, listen to what Paul says. For who, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Now, if you're looking in your Bible, you notice that that, that, that phrase, who has known the mind of the Lord that, that he may instruct him, is, is in uh, quotations and italicized, meaning that it's referencing another scripture, an Old Testament scripture in Isaiah 40, chapter 13. But Paul adds this at the last of that verse. He says this, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. <laughs> I, I listen. I hope I hope you get that. We have the mind of Christ. There, you know, there should never be a time when you when when you, uh, you know, you at the very moment you might say it, but if you spend any time in prayer and you spend any time uh, trying, you know, even even making an effort to to get in touch with God and get in connection with God, there should never be a time when you say, you know, I don't know what God thinks about this. We have His Word, but even and even more than that, His Word is awesome. And but even more than that, we have His Spirit, and they're one and the same. His His Spirit will never contradict His Word. His Word will never contradict His Spirit. So, but we have the mind of Christ. That is the you know people people say now. Let me let me wrap this up. People say all the time, 
you know, you never know what God's thinking. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But listen, but Paul says, but Paul adds to that. He says, but listen, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Why? Because we have the mind of Christ. Come on. That, I mean, man, that's shouting ground. We have the mind of Christ. Now, listen, what happens when, what happens when we don't use, when, when we stay up here in our head and, and we, we think natural instead of thinking spiritual? You know, how, what does that look like? Look at the first three verses in chapter three. Because, because Paul addresses this. Paul, he went through this long discourse that I just read it. The whole, all of chapter two, he, he was telling them, you know, man, I mean, here, here's what it is. This is what you have. This is what God's done for you. This, you know, but God has revealed this to you. We have the mind of Christ. We can think like Him. We can know His thoughts. We know what God is doing. We, we, we can know the will of God. Chapter, chapter three, verse one starts out like this. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people. Wow. Paul said, I, I could, he said, when, he said, when I'm trying to talk to you, I can't talk to you on that, on that level, the mature level. Remember, Paul said in chapter two, he said, he said, among those that are mature, man, we can go to greater revelation. We can go deeper and deeper and deeper, higher, higher and higher, however you want to say that. He says, we can go there. But then, it, but right after he revealed all this to him, he turned right around and says, but I could not talk to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. Even as babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you are not able to receive it. And even now, you are not able. Wow, what a, I mean, what a, you know, what a sad, what a sad commentary that Paul said that even now you can't take. Because listen to verse three. This, this, this verse has always gripped me and, and it's just an incredible verse. He says, for you are still carnal. How, how did Paul? How did you know they were carnal? He says this: For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Wow. The Amplified says it this way. Listen to this, and we're, we'll finish up with this verse. The Amplified says this: For you are still unspiritual, having the natural. Or the nature, excuse me, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and, fra- and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh? Now listen to that, how the Amplified puts this last phrase. Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. You're acting like mere unchanged men. What does that mean? That means when we don't take advantage of the, the, the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, when we don't use the Holy Spirit, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to tell us what His thoughts are, when we, when we decide, listen, when we decide, when we decide that my thoughts are better than God's thoughts, how many people I've had sit in my office and tell me, you know, Pastor, here's what I'm wanting to do. And I'm saying, well, well, have you taught, have you prayed about it? Have you, have you looked at the scripture? What does the scripture say? Yeah, I know what that says, but, but Pastor, this is, this is my decision. This is what I'm doing. Acting like mere unchanged men. In other words, in other words, you know, 
there's what what they're saying is that that their encounter with God did nothing for them. Well, I would I would say this. I doubt they had an encounter with God because every time I encounter God, it changes me. <laughs> Come on, it changes me. You cannot you cannot encounter God and not be changed. I, I mean, you just can't do it. I, you know, because because the presence of the Lord changes everything. And and we have the mind of Christ. First John two twenty. Let me read this one verse. I said it was through, but I'll read. I'll just read this real quick. First John two twenty. I love this verse here. He says, John said this. He says, but you have an anointing. The King James says an unction, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. The Amplified says, but you have been anointed. By, you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from, the Holy One, and you know the truth. And you know all things. So see, there's no excuse for not knowing what God's will is, what God's plan is. Why? Because we have that unction. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Well, I, I pray this I pray this blessed you today. I um, I just felt like I really needed to get this out. This is what I was going to minister today at the church. For those of you that maybe just tuning in, we had a power outage at the church. It was a wreck right below the church and hit a power pole or something or hit some equipment and, and knocked our power out. So we couldn't have church this morning. So um, so so we just came home and uh, just felt like I needed to put it on online here. So that's the reason we're doing this instead of uh, the, the service at the church this morning. So, so God bless you guys. Listen. I pray you dig in the, get, get in the Word. Read, read, read the Word. You know, I was reading in Romans, uh, five, six, and seven in there, and, and, and three or four times, probably more than that, Paul, Paul kept using this statement. He kept saying, you know this. You should know this. Because you know this. You know, there's certain things that you need to know. The hinges of the believer's authority. God raised Jesus. God raised us. Amen. We're swinging. That's that's what holds us. That's what allows us to operate on the on the the believer's authority, right? That's the, where our authority comes from. Is those two promises? How, how do we know what God's thinking? Because we have the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God that's living on the inside of us. He 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 understands and he digs deep into the thoughts of God and he reveals those thoughts to us. What an incredible, incredible thing! Well, listen. God bless you guys. We love you, and uh, we pray you have a great week. And just, uh, you know, continue sharing your but God stories with me. I, I love to hear those. I love to hear what God's doing. And, and we're excited to, to see what God's doing in your life. We know that, that he's doing big things. Listen, you can't, you, you give God the opportunity and you'll have but God moments, right? So listen, we love you. God bless you. Pray you have a great week. And uh, I pray that you, that, that you truly understand and that you start getting that revelation of having the mind of Christ. And that you can that that we start applying that, and we start understanding that we we can know his thoughts, we can know we can know what he's thinking, we can know his his will, we can know what our destinies are, uh, because we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll be talking to you soon.